Hi, and welcome to the Resilience Podcast. I'm Brad Hook, and today I'm joined by Taino Benz. Taino is on a mission to help people navigate our complex and increasingly digital world. He holds a Master of Science in Industrial Engineering and Management and has over 10 years' experience in the technology sector. In 2019, Taino founded a nonprofit organization called Phone Free Day. Many of you may have heard of it. It's, um, it's a really interesting initiative. I'm interested to find out a whole lot more about Phone Free Day, about Taino's work, life, and particularly about tech life balance, which is a huge potential driver of resilience and supporter of our well-being. Taino, welcome to the Resilience Podcast. Thank you so much, Brad. I'd love to start off with a little bit about your background. So obviously you've been involved and interested in technology for a long time. Uh, how did you get to where you are today? Mm. So, you know, going back quite a while, well, also where I am today is in, in many different aspects, but, but my interest in technology, I think, comes from when I was young and, you know, started, well, obviously as a child using digital tech in, in different ways. I had my Nintendo 8-bit, uh, watched some TV, you know, I grew up in late 80s and, and 90s. And I never really, you know, <clears throat> had a super clear driver to become an, an engineer or like, I, I was never, I've never been into fixing things or, or understanding technology, but more, I think, from the, from the angle of people. So I've, I've traveled widely widely in the world um uh, grew up with with just my mom and she has spent around um she's from sweden my dad's from cuba um but she's spent pretty much half her life living abroad in in latin america and all around the world so from a very young age i was exposed to you know we went to south africa for example we lived half a year in zimbabwe we lived in Bolivia and went to visit family in Cuba. So I think my interest in technology comes from people and seeing, okay, how different cultures use technology in different ways. And, and ultimately, which is also about tech life balance, how can we use technology for us? Um, you know, how, how can we use it uh, as a, you know, the definition of technology is pretty much it's a, it's a, an, an application, if I remember it correctly, an application of scientific knowledge used for practical means or something like that. Yes. That is technology. So I'm very interested in, you know, okay, we've got this world, we've got people from all, you know, all around. How, how do we use this, um, all technology uh, as, as tools? So fascinating. I haven't really thought about how people use it differently around the world. You assume that whether you're in Africa, in Kenya, or in um, Singapore, you kind of use technology in the same way. I wonder if everyone is facing the same issues with lo loss of focus, with fragmented attention, uh, with like tech addiction. In mm. your experience, does it seem like it's consistent? It's, it's fairly consistent. Um, but I think, you know, some countries are further ahead in, in, in understanding and, and maybe I haven't really thought hard about this particular side of it, but maybe the markets that adopted the technology early, um, yeah. got all the, 
addictive uh, you know res results and so on are now st starting to realize oh okay whereas some, some markets that adopted the technology later might be in that curve and haven't gotten yes. out of it but I, and also i think culture wise it's it's quite different you know in i haven't been to spain for a while but for example south of europe is by culture much more outgoing more interactive you know between people and so on um, I'll have to go on a field trip because I, I can't, you know, say this for sure. But if you compare to, for example, Sweden, where I'm now, where people by nature are more introvert, we don't talk to each other on the, we didn't talk to each other on the bus before smartphones, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't know if there's, there's that, but it's fairly similar across the world where I've been, what I read, the research I do, but there's a big difference in in the awareness of these these issues where different countries i mean in the us there's so much happening with legislation with youth activists doing amazing work with you know the big tech companies being sued there's a lot of stuff and then you've got china for example who who recently limited or turned off if i remember correctly turned off tiktok nighttime for um really? for, for youth yeah um, no and then you got yeah yeah so so there's you know governmental initiatives happening and then you've got some countries where very little is happening um mm. so so yeah we we got straight into it from my uh, <laughs> from my sort of you know interest in people and tech i guess yeah no that's fascinating and something that i noticed i mean this is an observation is we often assume it's just young people. Ah, oh, young people are just attached to their devices. I remember a few years ago, I was in Canada and I sat down in a restaurant and there was a group of about 12, probably 80 plus year olds. And they sat down, pulled out their phones, ordered dinner uh, and pr proceeded to just play on their phones individually. I mean, this is 12 people in their 80s. So I guess it affects all of us in different ways. But before we go there, um, I'd love to start off with how does digital technology actually affect our well-being and our focus and relationships? Because we know it has this, this impact, but maybe we we're not quite hmm. sure how. Absolutely. And, and we'll, you know, connect it to resilience as, as well, which is a lot about that that awareness and i think you you're really approaching a key point there which is understanding how well well being being you know self-observant and and really considering not just doing it by by nature all or all, all this behavior that's become normalized now for example the group of 80 year olds all pulling out their phone i mean there's so much happening around society today where just like you know, five, 10 years ago, if we would have seen that, we would have gone, whoa, that's dystopic. Or like, I don't know if you yeah. watch Black Black Mirror, yeah. but you know, sometimes it's like we're living in a Black Mirror um, episode. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, my 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 brother's uh, brother-in-law is a firefighter and there's been quite a few fires. Uh, it's, a, it's an international trend on TikTok where youth in this case, um, Pull, pull off the fire alarm in their school and they video it and put it out on TikTok. Uh, you know, there's, there's really all, all these different angles of it. That's just one very apparent example of 
oh, okay. Um, but if we talk about general signs of well-being, which I think pretty much everyone can relate to, and and always when I speak about this, I try to, you know, say, I'll, and la- later on I'll give a number of practical uh, tips as well. And when we talk about research, think about how this. Um, relates to you, you know, I, you and I can sit here and talk all about this. And for some people, it's part of it is super relevant for someone else. It's something else. So when I say this, I encourage all listeners to think about how is this affecting you in your life? Um, so for example, and, and I'm keen on hearing from you, Brad, we can take you as an example, you know, so, so one very general thing is, is neck, neck pain, you know, from yeah. sitting too much on your um, smartphone being bent over like this, um, which I, I don't remember the, the figures in my head, but every, you know, every so much you bend your neck in an angle, it adds a lot of weight on your neck. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, healthcare is starting to see a neck yeah, trouble right. in, in young, everyone from, you know, 10 year olds, they're not supposed to have neck issues for oh, 30 years. Is... So, so that's a massive one. You know, you've got, you've got the eye strain, digital eye strain from too much screen time. Um, you've got the text thumb. So in, in, in my, I was about to say upcoming book, but it came out yesterday. So in my book, congratulations, um, we'll put a link in the show note for sure. Yeah. Thanks. So, so in the book, I've divided it up into six areas, which can be good just to think about and then and then take this and take it into your own life. So one, one, we just talked about physical health, um, you know, so, and it's not, not just a phone, it's laptops as well, you know, being, being hunched over a laptop, the shoulders, back, everything. So again, think about, how, do you have any, well, I'll, I'll ask you, do you have any, any physical, um, you know, symptoms of, of digital tech overuse? Definitely. Uh, It's the scrunched up shoulders sitting like Mm. that for too many hours. But, you know, I've managed to develop, I think, a level of self-awareness whereby I straighten up, I take breaks, I do things that I didn't do in the past uh, where I I actually would suffer more. I remember having Mm. some back issues, some hip issues uh, as a result of just being in these unnatural positions. But I think it's getting better with self-awareness. Mm, such a good example. Mm. Um, so, so physical is one. Mental health is another one. Um, you know, for example, sleep, which can be both physical and mental health, but definitely our well-being. A lot of people suffer from maybe not in, in insomnia, but but they they go to sleep later because of screens, um, and they don't get as good sleep because of screens. Yeah. So, um, whether it's binge watching on Netflix or scrolling in your bed. I have so met so many people who, you know, yeah, I take up the phone to, it can even be to set the alarm and then they see a notification Oof. and then two hours later, it's, it's midnight and like, whoa. Um, so sleep is a massive one. Stress, um, yeah. stress of being available of social media, um, feelings of loneliness, anxiety. Um, so physical health, mental health, um, focus and productivity, massive also, yeah. um, really undepend, uh, regardless of what you're working in, if it's an office job, you know, with, with digital distractions and, and all of that, or if it's manual labor where focus is being pulled away, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that one of the 
I don't know if you remember the big fire in Auckland a couple of years ago, uh, downtown in the casino, oh, yeah. I think. Yes, yeah. I think, don't, I mean, we're recording this, so I can say don't, don't, don't quote me, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a welder who left his welding machine on and went to check his phone. I'm Whoa. not certain, yeah. So, but, you know, just as an example, how it, or when you're out in traffic and so on. Um, mm. So, so my focus on productivity and relationships, massive, um, and coming between, you know, interactions uh, and, and really uh, having a negative impact on, on interactions and, and making relationships worse, really. Um, families, so, you know, all the challenges with, with, with all the effects on kids, um, but also conflict in families and so on. Um, so, so, that, so those are the five main ones um, where it affects our well-being. And you can really see it. Uh, I can see it amongst friends. I can see it amongst family. Um, probably the thing that makes me most sad is instead of a, you know, a dummy or what do they call it in the U.S., a pacifier, mm. uh, people just hand the little kid a one-year-old, a two-year-old a phone, yeah. and then yes. and they're quiet, and they sit there and just scroll. Yeah. It, it, yeah. To me, it's and one that's of the saddest the, things. I, I couldn't agree more, and that's the new pacifier. Um, and and, and it, it, does, it does literally pacify them and, and, you know, turn them into zombies, kind of just, just staring there. And, yeah. and I'm kind of careful not to judge people doing that because I have kids. I know how hard it can be. <laughs> Me too. But it does become a problem when you do it um, continuously. Yeah. And eventually it will become the only way for the child to calm down. That's the um, so, so I, I think that's a massive one to be aware of. Okay, you know, if you've had the worst day, you come home, the kids scream, you just want to cook, you put them in front of the iPad. Yeah. Fine, I can understand yeah. that. I, I do it, it occasionally, it. very rarely, mm. but mm. I, exactly. But when it becomes a habit, and I see parents, you know, when they drop their kids off in the morning, the kids are sitting scrolling on the way to school or or on the bus and so on, instead of experiencing life. Um, and and if, if we start slowly bridging into resilience, I think that's such a actually wor worrisome development where where kids and, and adults don't get that chance to, to, you know, find their inner, to, to, to be bored, to find, to, to self-observe, to, to handle their emotions. As soon as, as an uncomfortable feeling or emotion or something comes up, we pull up the phone and we get the dopamine release. Yes. And if we do that, we never develop resilience. And then when, when stuff happens, when life happens, we're not prepared because we, we're not centered. We depend on external, you know, the, the dopamine kicks or, or what, or feel good feelings to handle things. So you know, for example, you have a really bad day at work or, or even you, you get sick or even something like someone dies, you know, or war breaks out in Russia. How do we climate change different challenges of different levels that we're facing? How do we, how can we meet them if our go-to is escaping into another world? Agree. Agree. Yeah, I think that we 
we use it as a way to soothe ourselves and it fills the space. Who, who, is, who gets bored anymore? I mean, I think boredom is magic. Boredom is the space between your thoughts where you suddenly creativity occurs. And if we're always just reverting to the YouTube algorithm, which knows, uh, you know, I did a little experiment. So I, I stopped using my normal YouTube account, created a new one. Within two weeks, I had the same content. It, it, mm. It's profiled me that quickly that it started suggesting things that I liked. I was like completely disconnected from what I just watched, but it goes, if you like that, you're probably going to like this. Mm. It's, it's really, it's, it's scary. Maybe we could unpack a little bit more um, about this connection, as you mentioned, between resilience and uh, tech life balance. I love this idea of tech life balance because this is what we need. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so from my perspective, and I'm really keen on on hearing your yours. Yeah. Um, so, so resilience for me is is about. I often get the the visual image of a of a plant. You know, being able to withstand wind and rain and someone walking on it and so on. You know, the the ability to to withstand and recover from from difficulties and. Yeah. You're you're a resilience expert, so you can probably unpack that more. But 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 you know, then there's certain how do we as as humans get that? We need to understand how we react in certain situations. If if we just play along, I don't think we can ever really increase our resilience. Um, but we need to to observe ourselves, and we need to see which situations do you know blow my <laughs> plant down um, and, and why and what emotions come up um, and how can I, you know, change that. And and the connection, I think, with, with tech life balance is that that when, if we never look inwards, we're always concerned with the external world, we, we pretty much can't develop resilience i think if you're if you're always living out there you're yeah. worried about your likes on social media you're constantly connected to your um, uh, to your email when you come home the first thing you do instead of you know again if you've had a bad day a lot of people just are oh, so nice to just slump down on the sofa and put on netflix okay um will the next day if this exact same events unfold the next day will you be able to handle them better or not Probably not. What's yeah. what's your take on it, Brad? I'm with you. In fact, we have a spiral model that we use to describe the different states and stages of resilience that we experience in our life. I love your idea of the plant because it implies that we grow and part of resilience is actually growing and developing and adapting to our environment. And when people are in that mode where they can only be soothed or all they look forward to is the sofa and a glass of red wine and Netflix. We actually classify that as vulnerable. You're no longer at the top of the spiral. You are moving on a downward spiral because you, you don't have the skills or the space or the resources to do something more productive, to read a book, to do some exercise, to look after yourself. It's actually a state of, I, I'm, I can't really invest in my own self care. All I want to do is just lie down. Mm. That's a really good way of putting it, of vulnerability and investing in your self-care. And I often talk about, you know, activities that your future self will thank you for. And it's a bit, it's a bit the same thing, you know, when you, yeah. when you 
when you come home there and you've got the choice, because we always have a choice, no matter how tired we are, you've got the choice of the red wine and Netflix or talking to your partner about your day. If you don't have a partner, calling a friend, going out for a walk, re reading a book, yeah. exercise, cooking a healthy meal, you know, what will yourself three hours from now be grateful for? Um, or even three days or three weeks or three years. But I think um, we we often take that 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 shortcut. Um, again, you've probably done it. I've I've done it. Um, there's no harm in doing it every now and then. But if we're if we're too tired to invest in self care, then we need to understand that that's a problem. We can't carry on. That's probably when we need self care the most, right? Yeah, exactly. And what we find in in our work is when people develop those habits, usually they'll probably be watching Netflix with a glass of wine. I mean, that sounds great. D don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nearly 9 p.m. here in New Zealand. I may do that, but it's not the only way to self-soothe. There are lots of other things you can also be doing. So it's that balance. But in my experience, a lot of people will be doing that with their work laptop on their lap, yes. with their phone, and they're multitasking. They're jumping from screen to screen to screen. Mm. And then we probably will talk about this in a minute. Then they can't sleep for lots of mm. different reasons. And then the next morning they feel really tired. So they'll drink a lot of coffee. Again, no judgment there. Um, but they won't have the energy later on in the day to look after mm. themselves to go and so do what do they exercise. do? So what do they do the next evening? Repeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and on 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 the multitasking point, um, and and I think you know we're both you and I are careful saying we're not judging. There's no harm in it, but I think you know we need to understand when it when it does become a yeah. harmful behavior, um, behavior long term because it it does every now and then fine you know, but if you if if you if that's your cycle and it's so easy to end up in those cycles, I think you need to take a step back call in sick for a day or not, or talk to someone or take a week and then just say, okay, this, this cycle isn't getting me where I, where I want. Um, for some people it might, you know, um, but I think for the majority of people, it, it's not. Um, mm. you, you talked about multitasking and, and just on, on that example. So multitasking, we can talk about that in, in all, a lot of different um, aspects, but, but, one thing it does, and if we talk about you know sitting on a sofa, um, multi-screening, which is which it's called, um, it's super stressful. It introduces stress because you're switching yeah. between you know the Netflix show, but you're not really present. You're not paying attention to that. You're on your phone, and as you said, you might be on your work laptop. So you've got three screens, and you're you're you know diverting your your focus between them, and it's super stressful. Um, mm -hmm. You know that that's something to know about multitasking. If we talk about multitasking at at work or in in general, research suggests that only two percent of people can actually multitask. Mm -hmm. The rest, ninety eight percent, which I think I belong to, are task switching, which is, you know, affecting our our, our both our cognitive ability and our stress level. So instead of finishing, you know, doing two tasks in parallel, that will take longer than finishing one and then the other. Mm, and we do it so much of the time. I, I mean, to me, and we may talk about this in a minute, 
notifications are so stressful. If I if I'm sitting on my laptop and I see people doing this and they're they're spending, you know, a minute on emails and then they pick up the phone to look at a push notification and click something and then they return back and then get back into that activity and then switch to something else. It's it's not only stressful, I think it's overwhelming. You just start yeah. to you, you just you can see why this phenomenon of burnout is occurring more and more because we're exposed to so much more information than ever before. Yes. And it triggers our fight, flight, freeze. Maybe every now and then it gets us into flow and we enjoy it. Mm. But for a lot of the time, it, the information we're consuming is not enriching our experience mm. of life. No, and, and you know, Going back to your your introduction of me um, yeah. wanting to to wanting to help people, I think what you just said about enriching your life. I'm I see that a lot of and you know it's a fact. We in, in a lot of countries we we have huge problems with mental health, with burnout, and so on. So there is something going on. I think most of us can agree that mm, okay, in the last ten fifteen years something is going on whether it's you know digital tech all the way or if it's a part of it or or whatever or just the way our society and globalization we can talk for hours on that i'm sure but but you know going back to just fundamentally is is this enriching my life and i think often we're i i think i write something in the book about um uh your life playing the lead part and not the technology um mm. And and for a lot of people, I think that we're, you know, that tech or, or something else or external things are playing too big of a, of a lead role or, or a role. And um, and like you say, information overflow is massive on, on the buses here in Sweden. And I've written to the to the transport company and they've got monitors. So with, with news, with all this information oh. that just gets bombarded and you know worst. what news is like nowadays it's pretty grim and yeah. also it's the it's the dark news that gets people attention and my seven-year-old is standing there saying daddy what does um killed by bombs mean uh, and i'm like mm, okay and but also regardless of the kids you know just you've got thousands of people and or across the world millions billions starting their day filling over with overwhelming the nervous system filling over with this and then going out into the world carrying carrying that and that might sound you know um strange for some people that you carry carry that but research also suggests that you know the way you start your day um keep, your mood stays the same and that actually yeah. if you take in negative news you do carry that energy emotions come up that that stay so so yeah, so I think it's a lot. But but let's um Brad, let's let's move it toward the positive side. What can we do? How do we build tech life balance? I would balance? love to hear your practical tips for everyone out there who's interested. Uh what are some ways that we can improve our tech life balance? I I think we've 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 touched on on certain aspects already mm -hmm. and you shared some and i think it all starts with awareness and and that's where i love the connection with with resilience as well mm -hmm. you know being aware you know go through your day as normal but be aware of how you're using digital tech um yeah. you know just do everything as normal you wake up you probably have your your smartphone as the alarm okay so first of all you've got your phone in the bedroom you pick that up when you turn off the alarm 
maybe, maybe not, you check some notifications, just take note of that. Um, then you, you know, eat your breakfast, maybe the phone is there and you scroll at the same time. Maybe you already check your work emails when your kids are getting dressed for school. Okay, Do, is that something that I want? Is that enriching my life? Go on through the day and see, okay, now I sat down in front of the laptop for two hours. How does that feel? I haven't been outside. You know, start observing, I think, is the number one step because then we, you know, the famous Simon Sinek start with why, um, you know, then you can really say, okay, this is what's going on. Um, what do I do? So, so that's number one, awareness, self-observation, uh, maybe measuring how much time you spend on the different devices and just see um, most people or no, actually all people that I talk to, no one says no to more time in a day. So, you know, if you think about, oh, can I free up some time? What would I like to spend that on? Um, and, and can I move some of the time that I am spending on tech to more, more meaningful, more enriching, more that I will thank myself for. Um, so, you know, the book is, has 101 different ways um, and we all won't right. cover all of them. <laughs> um, but, but, but a few, you know, low hanging fruits are, um, so if we, if we started with a self-awareness and self-observation, you mentioned um, notifications. So really go over your notifications on your phone and see which that you, that you, uh, want to to be able to it's called push notifications for a reason because they mm. push into our sphere of attention so yeah. determine which ones that should be a, should be allowed to do that and for excuse me for most people it's actually fairly few that you say yeah. okay this app or through the app people should be able to ping me at any time and um, you know something like um, deleting apps is a, is a really, really simple, but yet effective way. So uh, the average smartphone user has 80 um, apps installed on their phone, but only use, uh, uses 30 of them per month and nine per day. So most of us have a massive amount of, of apps um, that just that just sit there and probably, you know, ping notifications, take up space. Um, and, and just these, these three things that we just said, I'll, I'll mention a few more, but just these three things, being aware of how much time you spend and when, managing notifications and deleting apps, those three things are shown to not only improve your digital well-being, but your overall well-being. So wow. Google, Google did a, a, a huge study with 10,000 people between age of 18 and, and 64, very widespread. And four out of five people who did these three things improve their overall well-being um, the one out of five who didn't was because they couldn't manage to stick with the changes um, so so just those three are are i think something that anyone can do um, yeah. and and then if we continue a bit um, again people listening to this think about you know which makes sense in your life but for example phone free bedroom um, can improve your sleep massively pretty quickly yes. uh, even your happiness, um, actually. Um, be aware of so-called fubbing, which is phone snubbing. So when you use your phone, um, you, you favorize your phone over a personal interaction, you know, whether it's child or colleague or whatever it is, when you talk to someone and you're on your phone, be, be mindful of that. I encourage anyone, you 
you've probably both done it and been a victim of it. So have I. I kind of did it this morning. I I told my son what I was doing, um, which is one way of, you know, involving others. So instead of just picking it up and using it, I said, darling, I need to um, do this right now. It, it'll take just a moment and then we'll go to school. And then, yes, I kind of fubbed him, but still he was aware of what I was doing and I didn't just yeah. pull it up. Um, fubbing, bedroom, um, there, there, there's there's so much um not not well keeping it out of sight you know something very very common whether in an office on the dinner table um sofa table restaurant is that you know you sit down pull up your phone don't um you know manage no notifications so you get notified of what you want maybe it's your your friends calling text messages and a few apps you know so you can be okay if anyone needs to reach you they can but don't pull it up because that affects as as we alluded to you know it, it affects so much and it is coming between interactions and and making us less enjoy others company less we get less we, we're less likable if we've got mm. the phone on the table um yeah that's pro probably adds up to around around seven so um uh, happy to share more if, if you want something in particular, but also not to overwhelm. But, you know, yeah. it starts with awareness and then sort of taking control from there. And everyone's I, different. I love it. Exactly. I think everyone has to find their own way. There's not just one way. I love that you've got 101 practical tools and tips for people to to try out. But I agree that intentional usage and and sometimes you do need to make that call or send that message. I find that with my daughter as well. She tunes in really fast. If one of us is on a phone, she comments on it immediately. Oh, scrolling mm -hmm. again. It's like, okay, oh. you're noticing that. How old is she? So it's nine. <laughs> and she, so, so, so being quite deliberate and saying, I just need to send a message to someone. It's quite important to me. And then I'll give you my attention. That's mm. huge. And as you said, when there's been times when I've forgotten my phone in another room or left it somewhere, you don't miss it. Life is good. It's, it's amazing how long you can go without this thing. Right. And the world continues and everything's fine. Or forgetting it when I go exercising. I used to have a crisis. Like I, I'm about to go running up Mount Monganui, a place you know well, uh, and I've left my phone at home or I left my uh, my earbuds at home. You know, crisis. And then you realize how ridiculous that is because you can listen to nature. Mm. It's so much mm. better. It's so mm. much better. Mm. Yeah, I, I really, I really like that. Uh, I had a question about young people. How are young people responding to your initiatives like Phone Free mm. Day and we, we often criticize them and say, you just connected to your phones when we are too. Um, but do, do you see much of a change, especially amongst younger people? Are they willing and ready to embrace mindfulness and other tools for di digital balance? I've been surprised at how, uh, at, at, at the level of, of, of openness and, and acceptiveness from them, yes. And I think older generations um, do give them an unfair amount of, of criticism. Yeah. Who who pays for their phone? Who role models the behavior? You know, so we're exactly. we're as bad. And also, uh, what's it called? Um, 
you know, when you enablers enabling their addiction. So first of all, let's just get, get that out there. Um, it's been amazing talking to young people because they are really aware of it and very open to. So for example, when I have workshops and I've done this with, with universities um, and, and, and young people, you know, we have workshops and we go, okay, let's, let's delete a few apps. Um, and I don't even say which apps. I just say any app that you're not using or that is not enriching your life. You know, that's not adding value. Yeah. And and I I love this story because I it, it's happened a few times and I expected now I've switched expectations a bit, but in the beginning I expected them to, you know, delete an airport app or a parking app or a weather app. Or just yeah, yeah, whatever, I've done it. But but they deleted TikTok, they delete Facebook, they delete Snapchat. So wow. it's it's almost like they know that okay, oh finally an adult is saying, you know, is is seeing this and I can I'm in an in an environment where this is okay and I can I can do this. And so they they're so aware of what's going on, but they need some guidance. They they just need guidance. Yes, some practical tools. What do you think about uh ChatGPT and oh, well, AI that came that came as we're as we're rounding off we're opening yeah. up that one is that, um, i mean that's a it's a big topic and i i will put my hand up and say i got a little bit addicted to chat gpt because mm. it's interesting you can learn i mean i'd rather be interacting with chat gpt than scrolling instagram which i don't yes. do yeah. but that became a little bit of a problem that i, yeah. I was aware of because there's yeah. just so much you can learn interacting yes. with this little bot yeah yeah and and you know Again, coming down to is it is it enriching your life? If you're learning, sounds yeah. pretty good to me. If it's mm. becoming an addiction, you know, it's that it's that awareness and that fine line between between using it for you and it using you, kind of. Um, and and I'm not that. saying that in in the terms of you know AI using you and so on, but on on a on a big level, that's I don't think we'll dive into that here. The implications of generative AI. On, on society, but I think we need to learn to be aware of what's going on. I just saw that that a, a fake Drake song had been uploaded and went viral, and it was completely AI generated. You know, it, with his voice. To me, it's scary, more scary mm. than fascinating. You know how? But then, okay, how can we use this? Use this for our purposes. So, so I think. It connects to tech life balance in a way that, okay, how, what do I want to get out? How much time do I want to spend for you? You go on there to learn something. Okay, this is my objective. This is how long I want to spend. Boom. I've done that. Feel great. Go do something else. But when that, yeah. you know, that can also become, like you say, an addiction. It could, it could. I use it for brainstorming and I find it's quite useful for creative ideas. You say, mm -hmm. tell me about all research studies related to this and this, and, and it can be an amazing tool. And I think that's what technology is. It can mm. be a tool just like when fire was invented, some people probably got burnt. They used it all the time. They're carrying it around being silly, but then we <laughs> learned how to use it more sensibly mm. later on. Mm. And you're helping people right now which is an amazing service to the world mm. yeah no that's a th thank you for, for those kind words and i think it's a good analogy so so yeah awareness is key awareness is key wonderful 
Thank you so much, Taino. It has been a pleasure. I'm sure we'll do this again because I still have quite a few questions, but you've added a lot of value. Uh, what is the name of your book? The book is called Tech Life Balance, uh, 101 Ways to Thrive in a Digital Age, um, available on, on Amazon and, and some other sources. Excellent. We'll link to it in the show notes as well as your um, a phone-free day. Is it uh, It's every year? It has been every year and now for different reasons, I've decided to make it more into a continuous thing where people yes. can go on and create their own phone free day. So they go, you can go on there, you get, you know, some, some practical advice and resources, but most of all, it's encouraging you to, okay. Uh, and you can select your different levels. So you don't need to go fully phone free. You can select notification free, um, uh, device device free meals and so on so so right now you can go on at any time and just find your own find some inspiration excellent and the mm. domain name for people who want uh, to check it phonefreeday.org awesome i love it because we need more than a day we, it, we need a movement <laughs> mm -hmm. so thank you so much i really appreciate your time and i will see you all in the next resilience podcast episode thanks taino Thanks.